What is it about the unknown that fascinates us so much? Is it for the thrill of it all? Or do we seek proof of life after death? Whatever our reason may be, we find ourselves being drawn in by these places and the bone-chilling tales that they have to offer. Tortured souls cross boundaries to reach out with stories that they want to share with us. There are times we simply hear the echoes of a memory on loop. The question that remains is this, are you open-minded enough to handle it? Dive into the paranormal with DCO Rourke, your personal guide, as we traverse the globe to dissect haunted places in each and every episode of Hauntingly Yours, a podcast for the paranormal, where the spirits are always waiting. for the paranormal. I am DC O'Rourke and I invite you to get together with me each episode to hear chilling tales of those who have left us behind. If you would like to have a particular story told on our podcast, drop us a line at hauntlyyourspodcast at gmail.com or give us a call at 804-684-1644. This marks episode number five, and today we will be taking a look at Moss Mansion in Billings, Montana. Has anyone ever been to Montana by any chance? Hey, I know I haven't. It doesn't mean I'm not any less intrigued by the stories I've heard or the pictures that I've seen. I love traveling, and if it involves ghosts or a haunted building, count me in. I'm usually there. Guaranteed no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If we were to take a drive through the highly populated city of Billings, you'd see a city that is really larger than life itself. It wasn't always like that. Billings came from much more humble beginnings. Down on the corner of Division and Clark Street lies a historic site known as Moss Mansion. Currently, it is owned by the city of Billings and the Montana Historical Society. Okay, I have just hinted at history at least twice within the last minute. I'm sure you guys get where I'm going with this. The Moss Mansion is a historical museum, and it's haunted. We'll get to that last bit a little later. Don't you worry. The mission of the museum today is to preserve, collect, describe, interpret, 
and exhibit artifacts and documents relating to the 83-year occupancy of the Preston B. Moss family. In other words, it should be remembered as an iconic home. Why, you may ask? Because it used to be one. From the moment you step through his doors, you, you, you feel it within your bones. You're at home. If you were to take a look around the main floor, the echoes of the past would soon be ringing in your eardrums. Oh, the dinner parties that were once had, the, the cookies that were made in the kitchen, the, the playing of old records as you danced the night away. It could give you goosebumps if you allowed yourself to get lost in it for too long. Think of it as taking a time-traveling trip back to the year 1903 when the Moss family res resided there. You stand in awe as you gaze at the marble fireplaces, the hand-painted ceilings and walls, wood paneling, and the extravagant decor that's all over the place. All of the rooms are filled with furniture drapes, carpets, original fixtures, and artifacts, all belonging to the Moss family. Why, there's Melville's harp, Kula's quilt and needlepoint, and Martha's china, china patterns, as well as her original artwork. In 1892, this would be the place that Missouri-born Preston B. Moss would bring his new bride to start anew. He saw the generous potential that the railroad town of Billings, Montana had to offer. It just so happened that our friend Preston was very blessed in the investment field. Later on, he actually developed the economy of Billings. And before you know it, folks realized, hey, this guy is a mover and a shaker. He gets stuff done. Mr. Moss became a big-time investment banker and did a lot to bring jobs and modern conveniences to the town of Billings. He actually started the first dial telephone company. He also founded a newspaper that predates the Billings Gazette and even started a central heating company. I'm going to stop right there because those are just a few of his many accomplishments. Preston and Martha eventually thought it would be best if they built a bigger house for their growing family. They already had two kids, and the project began in 1901 and was designed from start to finish by none other than Henry Janeway. Henry Janeway, he was the New York architect responsible for the Waldorf Astoria and Plaza Hotels. Ooh la la! It was built by engineers R.J. Hardenberg and E.H. Gagnon. The interior design firm who took care of the interior was the Nelson Company of Chicago. The mansion would see its completion by 1903, so it took about two years. Now, guys, I stopped and I did a double take when I first read what P.B. Moss spent on the completion of his home. The national average of his time to spend on a building of a home was $5,000. Now, $5,000 today... That's a drop in a hat for most people. But in his time, that was kind of a big deal. But P.B. Moss, oh, no, 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 no. He went far beyond the $5,000. He spent a whopping, wait for it, $105,000. $105,000 in 1903. I don't even want to sit down and try and wrap my mind around what that would equate to today. To be fair though, the, the mansion is truly one of a kind. It is absolutely breathtaking. It's located on a two-acre lot. The, 
completed mansion at, uh, stands at 45 feet tall, three stories high, 28 rooms, an attached solarium where they grow plants and vegetables. Oh, did I mention it has a basement? Then we look at the dining rooms, the parlors, the bathrooms, the sitting rooms, the closets, the garden rooms, and libraries, which are scattered all throughout the mansion. It, it could even, this house, it could even hold the largest of families. President Moss, his wife Martha, Martha's parents, and the happy couple's children, Woodson Jackson, Kula, Melville Hollingsworth, Preston Boyd Moss Jr., David Hickman Moss III, and Virginia would soon fill its halls with the sounds of their happy, happy laughter. From what history tells us, the Moss family lived happy lives while under the roof of the mansion. Their family had it from 1903 to 1984. That's a long time, 83 years. Can you imagine all the memories that have been left behind in that place? In the attic, you can find chalk drawings on the, on the wooden beams in the ceiling from the children when they used to play up there. So why is it haunted then? That's why we're all here, right? That's why you guys are listening right now. Why is this place haunted? I think that's a very good question. Let's take a further look at the history. Here's what I know. Several Moss family members died in the house throughout the years. This makes sense to me as people who die in their homes tend to come back to haunt them later. I've seen it more than once over the years. They return to what is comfortable, then they become confused when they find someone else living in what used to be theirs. The youngest of the Moss children, Virginia, unfortunately died of diphtheria just three months after turning five years old in 1908. Preston B. Moss died of a heart attack in February of 1947, and his wife Martha, or Maddie, as he affectionately called her, died four years later of a cerebral hemorrhage in November of 1951. Finally, the last Moss family member, Melville Moss passed away in the comforts of her childhood home in November of 1984. Shortly before Melville's passing is about the time the paranormal activity in the house started up. Almost right away. It was, it was assumed that it was little Virginia coming back to help her sister pass over. The question here is, did she really come back? No one else seems to really know the answer, but Little Virginia has been seen on multiple occasions. One evening, the event, the event manager was breaking down and cleaning things up after a prestigious event that had taken place. She was carefully folding up some tables when all of a sudden she heard two distinct voices chatting very low. She couldn't hear what the voices were saying, nor could she tell where they were coming from. Rationalizing the situation, she thought about how sounds could easily carry into the building from outside. She went to the side door, poked her head out. No one was there. All was quiet. Quiet as a mouse. Just as she began to pull her head back into the room, she heard the laughter of a little girl from behind her. Taking a deep breath, she whipped around to see who was there and once again found no one. The two voices kicked back up from somewhere within the house. The event, the event manager, she could tell 
where they were this time, but she knew she was the only person in the house. Okay, her imagination was getting the better of her, but it had to, it had to be this. When it came, when it came time to leave, she thought about it and said, you know what? I should probably set the security alarm. That way, if someone is in the house, it'll get tripped on the way out the door. Well, the next day came and the, the event manager discovered the alarm never went off during the night. Okay. It had to have been a ghost. Question mark. In many other instances, visitors and staff members have reported seeing young Virginia peeking around the magnificent staircase to the Great Hall where her parents loved to host lavish parties. For some reason, lots of people report seeing orbs in this area as well. They've captured them in photographs. I'd like to think it has a lot to do with the energy in this particular area. It's obviously very active, so you're bound to catch a few things. According to the Montana Paranormal Research Society, it seems that Melville was sleeping in a bed in the alcove of the master's staircase because Melville couldn't go up the stairs to the bedroom. The night nurse was always nearby within earshot of Melville's bed, sleeping on a cot in the hallway off the kitchen. One night, the nurse was awakened by sounds coming from Melville's area. She went and found that Melville was fine, but some, for some reason, she thought her eyes were playing tricks on her. She saw what looked like the apparition of a little girl, probably around five years old, standing on the landing near the master staircase. The child was also seen hovering over Melville later on, just moments before her death. Other hauntings in the house include disembodied voices of children, adult females, singing, strange shadows in the billiards room and lobby area, cool winds that swirl around a person's body, the apparition of Preston Moss walking down the master staircase, doors that open and close at random, the apparitions of an older woman and little girl, uncomfortable presences in certain rooms. Need I say more? Paranormal investigators were asked to come in at one point because the, the staff couldn't explain what was happening. It was determined that there was paranormal activity going on in the house, but who the spirits were exactly, that remained to be seen. They felt another investigation was in order to collect more concrete evidence. During their stay, investigators came into contact, though, with one entity that referred to herself as Melville numerous times. They also discovered the older woman and little girl who seemed to stay together. Odd footsteps were heard in empty halls, and when they tried playing music in the French parlor, they swear they saw the shadow of a person emerge just near the harp. Since then, other stories have emerged. A mother and her family were passing through Billings, Montana on their way to South Dakota one beautiful summer. She thought stopping at Moss Mansion sounded like fun. She read it was a historic site. Maybe the kids could stand to learn a thing or two. Well, the tour didn't exactly go over well with the kids. No surprise there. Why Why would they care about some old people who died in a big house? They were too young to understand or too young to appreciate it. On top of that, the tour guide had mentioned that some people speculate the house is haunted. 
It was as simple as that. She said no more on the matter and continued with her spiel. Mom spent the rest of the tour comforting the kids with hugs and laughter as they were now freaked out about possibly encountering a ghost. As the family entered what used to be Little Virginia Moss's bedroom, the tour guide mentioned that they weren't allowed to use any air fresheners or candles in the house, you know, due to the fact that it's a historic site. No sooner they walked in, though, they were all hit with the overwhelming fragrance of oranges. They were all confused. The room smelled delicious, but they could not for the life of them figure out where the smell was coming from. There was no one else in the house either. So where did the smell of fresh oranges come from exactly? Mom thanked the guy for her time, and as they parted ways, she thought to herself, I don't believe in ghosts, but boy, was that an unusual experience. She just knew deep down something was off. In another instance, two young ladies were traveling home from a party when they decided it'd be fun to stop at the Moss Mansion and take a few photographs from the outside. It is supposed to be one of the most haunted buildings in Billings, after all. They drove up to the house, got out of the car with their, their cell phones ready to take some pictures. As they approached the front door of the mansion, they both froze in their tracks. There in the doorway was the apparition of a woman and a little girl with fancy hairdos who looked, who looked like they had just been ripped straight from the pages of the 1800s history. The young ladies gasped as their hearts leapt into their throats. The woman and the little girl, they looked so beautiful. Who were they to disturb them? Not moving any further, they lifted their cell phones and switched over to camera mode. Without another moment to lose, the beautiful woman and little girl dissipated into the cool night air, leaving those two young ladies with much to think about. Rumor has it, according to teenage boys who reside in the area, that if you stand on the sidewalks in front of Moss Mansion late at night, you, you will see things. How does this work exactly? Well, it's like this. It has to be 1 a.m. Now, I know it's not quite the witching hour, but various boys have all said it and they all attest to this fact. 1 a.m. is the key time to do this. Go to the mansion and stand on the sidewalks out front. Block out all sounds from around you. Focus. Look up at the third story windows and there you will see looking back down at you, the Moss family. Ladies and gentlemen, we've looked at the history briefly. We've heard the ghostly tales. Is the Moss Mansion haunted? Locals sure seem to think so. If the mansion is haunted, why is this so? Personally, I think there are multiple reasons why the place is haunted. For starters, six family members died while living under that very roof. Family who left loved ones behind and never got the chance to say goodbye. Family who are also now wondering who exactly is in their home. Then we have to consider the fact that a lot of original Moth family items are still in that mansion today. I wouldn't be surprised at all if some of those spirits are attached to any of those items. Believe it or not, I actually took a 360 tour of the house and got to know it a little bit before recording this particular episode for my podcast. It's incredibly beautiful. It's such a beautiful place. Breathtaking. Here are some closing thoughts for you. 
One family lived in that house. That's it. One family. Remember them for more than just their ghostly tales. I encourage you, go forth, read more about them, learn of the historic footprints that they left behind for us. The house inside and out is like a special photograph, which allows the Moss family to be frozen in time. I think William Shakespeare can sum this up best for us. He once wrote, Life is but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage, and is then heard from no more. As always, thanks so much for tuning in to Hauntingly Yours, a podcast for the paranormal. I am DC O'Rourke, and I invite you to get together with me each episode to hear chilling tales of those who have left us behind. If you are enjoying our show, leave us a review and rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget to subscribe also. Head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, leave us a like, follow us, check out our photos, videos. Help me get the word out and there in turn keep these stories alive. Until next time, I am and will remain much like the spirits, hauntingly yours.